This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Up there Pepsi. I'm there for the pack out. You just got to pack me in. Committed to the bow early on. Like, I love getting close and putting up. You cover a range of stuff on here, too, right? Like, we call this the, uh, the THP World Headquarters. You know, my grandpa Roy Weatherby. I came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls. Just you're Canadian. We're doing yeah, a Canadian I... podcast. My name's Douglas Bowes. I'm Robbie Denning. Roy Candy. Yeah, how about you, Pete? You get some arrows off today? Yeah, I got a few in. I got, I got maybe fifty in after just after dinner and in between this podcast. I was either working out or shooting my bow, and work yes, was a workout today, so shooting a bow was a no-brainer. Yeah, go. if I'm gonna sacrifice one, it's gonna be the workout. Yeah, yeah. I went four days. Well, I guess it was like four days without shooting my bow when I went to the island. So, yeah. Did I tell you what, what happened over there? I was at the uh, BCWF EGM conference. Nice. So yeah, it was just, we were voting delegates. So we went down there and did our thing and yeah, it was a nice trip out there. Well, cool. did, did I tell you, Pete, what happened when I was in Vancouver? No, I was I shooting my bow behind the hotel. So they called the cops. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Somebody called the cops. They gave me shit that said, they, we can't do that. I was like, what? <laughs> why not? Well, I mean, there's a handful of reasons why you're not allowed to, but um i don't know i don't know it seems silly to me yeah me too like there was a no bad there was nothing behind in the backdrop hmm. so but yeah they called the cops so pretty That's funny hilarious. told that me uh, i had to put it away if i get caught again i'd be kicked out of the hotel or arrested <laughs> i feel like stevie wonder right now in these glasses hey? yeah they look good on you yeah they do you're full of shit they don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not a chance. Uh, so uh, <laughs> why don't we start with uh, yourself giving a little introduction, bud, and uh, we can get rolling. 
Uh, my name is Simon Friesen, aka Backcountry Bloodline. I am a local blue collar bow hunter in BC, uh, specializing, I guess, in in bears, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Hey, eh? somebody, uh, we threw that out on the on the IG there, and somebody tossed your name in the ring. So here we are. Yeah, nice, nice to get some recognition. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, so how did you get into hunting? Um, well, you know, I, my, my uncle hunted when I was a kid, I never got to go hunting with him, but you know, it was kind of in my peripherals. Um, that was always something that interested me, but I never did get the chance to go out with him. Um, and later in life, I, uh, I was actually listening to a, a Joe Rogan podcast uh, and he was going off about hunting as he does. And, you know, I was like, ah, that sounds, you know, like bow hunting is, is, is what specifically they were talking about. And I was like, it, it kind of rekindled the, uh, the interest in me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like fished around, you know, if, if I could, you know, find a mentor locally and that wasn't happening. So I said, whatever, man, I'll just get out there and do it myself. And that's how I got into solo hunting. Uh, yeah. it wasn't really going to happen unless I got out there and, and made the move for myself. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy I did because now I'm not shy to, to, you know, if nobody's able to go with me, I don't care. I'll, I'll go by myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer to hunt by myself. Uh, I mean, now I got a, a full-time hunting partner and my youngest son, but, or my oldest son, but um, yeah, I find uh, I get the most reward and well, I have the most success I'll say when, when I hunt by myself, but uh, yeah. Um, well, it's nice when you don't have to think about, it's great to have other people, but it's nice when you're not having to worry about what they think, you know, like, oh, I want to go up here for these reasons. You're not having to explain it. You're just going to go up there because that's how you feel. That's worth you know? another, another level of freedom. Yeah. You just, yeah. That, yeah. That's what I like the most about it. When you're hunting with somebody else, it seems like you always have to have an explanation of why you want to, why you want to go look over that ridge or why you want to drop down into that, that valley. Or, you know, there's always, you always kind of got to give a, give a reason why you want to do something. And when you're by yourself, you could just seems like you can get up and go and you don't have to give an excuse. So that's what I like about it for sure. Um, and yeah. plus I'm, I'm kind of a selfish guy. I like to be the one <laughs> sending the arrow. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's never fun to have to fight over. No, no, it's not. Uh, but when yeah. you do get a chance, like I've gone with friends and stuff and I find, uh, you know, usually it's, it's pretty good. You kind of discuss who's up first. And if you're hunting with a friend or, or somebody or hunting partner who hasn't had an opportunity or has never harvested that specific animal, usually give them the, give them the opportunity first. For sure. Yeah. So, so you're, you're into archery as well, right? Yep. How did that all yep. come about? Ah, uh, man, it was, it was essentially from that podcast that I was listening to you know I was just like oh let me give this a try and I went out and bought a bow you know didn't didn't really give it a second thought I just went and bought a bow and started shooting it and uh, yeah the rest is basically history I mean yeah that's all I all I hunt with so yeah yeah so I, so I, I, keep going. I personally find it you know it, it's it's like solo hunting you know it's mm -hmm. it's just it's so much more rewarding once you feel it I mean in my opinion it's the most rewarding way that I've experienced hunting for sure yeah, it is. It is. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's hard to explain unless you're actually, unless you're actually doing it, unless you're actually a bow hunter and you put the time into just bow hunting and, and, uh, you know, the practicing shooting arrows and all that stuff. It's hard to explain to somebody who doesn't do it or, you know, they pick up the, pick up a bow once in a while and they've gotten lucky. But, uh, if you're doing it all the time, it definitely is. It's pretty satisfying when you get, 
when you connect with a, with an animal. So what was that process like? It, like archery is not easy. And if you don't have a good mentor, it can be really frustrating. So you must have, you must have to, had to gone through a, a whole slew of agony and, and frustration when you first started archery. Yeah. And that's what makes it so rewarding. You know, you bang your head against the wall and you fail so many times. And then, you know, you, you kind of put it together and, you know, it, it comes together much slower, but it, it's so much more rewarding when it does come together. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was a long journey. Um, I did run into some, some great dudes along the way at the local 3D shoots and stuff. So, I mean, on the shooting side of things, the, the, that was definitely a big help. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, the hunting aspect of it, I mean, uh, having to figure that out on your own, I mean, it's, it, it's different when you grow up doing it, you know, when, when you're coming into it as an adult and trying to put it together, you know, I mean, like, thank God for Google and everything. I don't know how I would have done this, you know, back oh, in the eighties yeah. or whatever, but I mean, uh, yeah, long, long journey, but in my opinion, extremely rewarding. Yeah, for sure. And technology's come a long way too. Like in the beginning. Oh yeah. Well, like before, like even with strings and stuff, like, man, they've, they've just, they've come so far that uh, it definitely, it, it's, it doesn't necessarily cut your learning curve down, but it makes life a lot easier because things seem to be a lot more forgiving now than they used to be. And, and like you said, just, you know, you could Google anything and just the knowledge out there and, and the amount of stuff on the internet now um you know it's still i mean you still got to put the time in and you still got to still got to do it and obviously you know nothing's going to take replace having an actual mentor there to you know to sit there and show you and 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 help you along every step of the way but uh, unfortunately not everybody has that so um yeah well good on you for uh, for sticking with it man it's, that's that's not easy i know a lot of people they just get discouraged and they just they hang it up and say yeah i shot a bow once and it's still sitting in my closet and um, yeah, they, you know, they the, took out the bow for a couple walks and then that's it, you know, or, or they do the, the September 1st to 9th thing. And then as soon as the 10th comes, it's rifle for the rest of the season. But I mean, yeah, in my opinion, if you stick it out, it's it, you, you might go a full season without killing nothing, you know, but I mean, when it all comes together, it's it's going to be a lot more rewarding than, than smoking, you know, filling, tagging out with your rifle that season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what was your first successful hunt with uh, with the bow? First successful hunt was a black bear. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, while yeah. we're on the topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Spring black bear, uh, middle of May. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a, a great hunt actually that I, I actually did, um, connect with a guy off, um, the hunting DC, uh, forums. And, uh, so I did get out, uh, for a hunt with that guy. Um, so not, oh, nice. not a mentor per se, but yeah, he was with me the first time I killed an animal and, uh, you know, got to walk me through a little bit, you know, he was a little bit like, uh, you know, I, I wanted a bit more instruction and he wasn't as forthcoming as I wanted at the time. But I, in, in retrospect, I'm very happy about that because it gave me the confidence, you know, without a guide or anything like that, you know, without somebody with me, I'd know how to break something down and, and, and you got it and everything, you know, I'm, I'm not shy about that now. And, you know, if I'm by myself, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy for how that all came together. Um, and my son was with me too. Uh, he, he got to come along. I think he was eight at the time. So that was super, super cool to have him with me, uh, killing my first big game animal. That's yeah, awesome. no doubt. What was his, uh, his thoughts about it? I was, I was not really sure how he was going to react to it. You know, like I thought maybe he would be like, Oh no guts, you know, like freaking out or whatever, but it was so, so natural to him, you know, like I handed him the heart out of the gut pile 
and uh, his, his first reaction to it, like I was just showing him a heart, you know, just uh -huh. look, this is what a heart looks like. And he was like, well, can we eat this? And I was like, huh, like, I mean, I wasn't going to eat it, but if you're willing to try it, I might as well be right. Yeah. So let's give it a try. So yeah, we tried bear heart. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have tried that if it wasn't for him, you know, but he had no awesome. hesitation, no reserves. So it, yeah, it was really cool seeing him get right in there. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you guys, uh, you had no problem eating it and stuff like that. You didn't, uh, you dove right into it. I know a lot of guys when they, they kind of, they, it's hard for them to get over the fact of, of or over the thought of eating bear for some reason. I think it's cause all the, cause all the worms they have in them. But, um, I mean, I, it's I like had they, no hurdle to eating bear. It was like there was a little bit of weirdness to eating something that I had processed myself, you know, that didn't come out right. of a, 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 yeah. a styrofoam tray from the grocery store, you know, because that's what I grew up on. But once I got over the, you know, okay, yeah, this is the same, it's just meat, you know, mm -hmm. once I got over that, you know, it's a, I had no issues eating, you know, I'll, I'll eat pretty much anything. I'll give it a try. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it, it, bear is great if you prepare it right. I think a lot of guys just, they don't do it right and they give up on it, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, wild game in general, I think, takes a lot of experimenting. Not necessarily a lot, but it does take experimenting. You can mess it up once or twice. And, you know, I think with elk and deer, there's just more uh, uh, more resources out there on how to cook it properly, yeah. you know? Whereas yeah. with bear, a lot of guys just do the same old thing with it, you know? They'll just make it into burger, they'll make it yeah. into pepperoni or whatever. But I mean, like I made it a point with my first bear, I got some steaks done up, you know, I got a whole bunch of different stuff just so I yeah. could try out different recipes and stuff, you know, and there was some trial and error. I screwed up a couple of cuts, but I mean, it's still edible, even yeah. if you, you, you shoe yeah. leather it or whatever, you know, or you, or you, you, don't, you don't season it properly. It's, it's still edible. It's still protein. You live and learn, right? But yeah. it, it, it does take a bit of more experimenting in the kitchen, I think. And I think that's why some guys just give up, you know, and they say, ah, bear's no good. It's... You know, it just takes a little bit of trying and figuring out how to cook it properly, but you can make it excellent. Yeah. This last, this last weekend, the caterer, um, it was on our banquet night, the very last night. And the last thing that was up on the table was, I can't remember the name of it, but it was bear. And I won't call it like a pulled pork kind of style, but it was all pulled apart in like bite-sized pieces. And it was sitting in some sort of its own gravy kind of deal. Oh yeah. Dude. It yeah, was that's so that, good. That's my, my favorite I... way to have bear is, is like pulled bear or slow cooked, you know, yeah. torn apart with barbecue sauce. However, you get, like that's the best way to do bear, in my opinion. I could have guaranteed I could have served that up to anybody, anybody. And there is no way they would have said, well, that team's uh, tastes kind of gamey or it tastes, you know, it, is that beef? Like there wouldn't have been any question. Nobody probably they would have just, just scarfed it. There's probably a lot of guys that swear they'll never eat bear that grew up on elk and deer that if you gave that to a blind, you know, they would prefer that over an elk roast or oh. whatever, you know? Oh yeah. Especially that pulled bear, man. You have that. And like you said, you cook it how, how you're describing Pete and a little bit of gravy. Oh man. It, it is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely it's, awesome. It's, it's something I would serve any day of the week at my place. And bear shanks is another good one. I put those in the slow cooker. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Those, those come together really nicely. So what do you put them in the slow cooker with? Like when you're slow cooking, you just throw, uh, you throw like vegetables it, in there or is it, or is it just, yeah, some, some vegetables, some potatoes, some beef broth, uh, some rosemary, thyme, some seasonings and stuff, and then just slow cook it for like six hours. Sometimes I'll smoke them first just to get an extra bit of flavor in there. Oh yeah. Um, that's a good I, idea. I, I, I find with bear, you just have to cook it. Like, especially with mature old bears, you, you have to cook them a, quite a bit longer than you think you're going to need to. Like with, with pork ribs, I'd maybe do like four or five hours, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
with, with bare ribs, I've done like 10 hours, you know, oh, really? like where, wow. where, where, where six hours, they're still tough, you know, they mm-hmm. still need another four hours. So some, that, that's what I mean with the experimentation, you know, and if you're not doing it properly, it's easy to dry it right out doing that, you know, but in a slow cooker with lots of broth and, and moisture, you're good to go. You can cook that all day. It's never going to dry out. It's just going to get nice and soft. Only thing is when you're, when you're trimming the bear, like I, I personally, I trim all the fat off, you know, everything that's in between the muscles, like all the fat, it's got to go, you know, because in my experience, that's, that stuff goes rancid, even in the freezer. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's really going to put an off taste in your bear. I think that's another reason why people say bear, it's no good. Mm -hmm. Um, But as long as you trim off all the fat, you know, yeah, slow cooked eat that all day yeah that's that's i i i never really ever you know with the shanks especially like man that all just ends up in burger but i mean yeah yeah yeah. i am probably the world's worst cook you know like i burn toast more often than not so my wife does all the cooking so it's good definitely good to hear these tips on 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 stuff like that because uh you know she always says too she wants my wife's funny she's like i do all my own my own butchering and stuff at the house here and um she always is like, well, when you're like, whenever she goes to cook it, she's always says, well, you know, I want next time I'm going to be more involved so I can label everything. I can put it into the portions I want. So when I'm cooking it, I have it all set up how I want. And then it comes down to me doing it. She's like, she's fucking ghost. She's nowhere to be set bound. Right? Yeah. Like she's, yeah. <laughs> she's out of there. So but, yeah, it's like uh, me. I, I, I always say I have to be better next time at labeling everything. And no, and dude, I'm, to- then, I'm horrible. Then, then you get down to it and it's like let me just get this job done man get it out of the way but i'm the same with you with deer or anything like i get all you know i get all the gray skin out i get everything out so it has no gamey taste at all because you know if it has anything i just i don't want it i just want my family to enjoy it to love it and to other people to really enjoy it and i find when you leave some of that in sometimes you know with the with the fat if you're if you're cooking a bear or the tallow on a deer if you do leave that in there like you said it, it definitely tends to to go um a little foul tasty so i try to get all that stuff out but it's a process yeah and by the end of it it's like holy fuck man like i i like there's so much stuff in my freezer it's not even labeled i'm like what is this i'm looking at i'm like mystery oh, bags oh yeah pretty <laughs> sure that going by the size of it that is moose okay there you go <laughs> i can tell yeah. it's ground <laughs> yeah so yeah one thing that we do i know when we end up with like a couple deer like it's one thing when it's elk or moose or bear and separate like we'll always write on it but if it's two of the same species per se you know we're probably not going to write mule deer or whitetail it'll just be deer um my wife will name it she'll name an animal and that'll be the name of the animal for the year so she'll just write that one down and the reason for that is if something does go funky where you're finding you know like most of the meat's good but there's always these one portions that are coming out and they taste weird or bad or anything we can isolate it. We can be like, okay, right. it's, it's Frank or it's, or it's Kevin or, you know what I mean? Like you, you know, which one is, which you can separate. Yeah, he's them. Got a bunk. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And if Kevin's it's the, sweet, same Kevin's one, Kevin's the sweeter part of them is the sweeter meat in your fridge. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Takes a little getting used to, but <laughs> everyone's got a system, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right on. What about uh, like like burger and stuff? What do you do with your your burger for your bear? Blue blue cheese bear burgers, man. Those are the best. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, so, yeah. I'll throw some pork belly in there. Oh yeah, um, yeah. To to add some fat, but yeah, I love blue cheese bur- bear burgers. So you just like barbecued? Let's hear, let's hear the recipe there. Uh, for the burgers, uh, uh, 
just make my patties with some salt, pepper, garlic, uh, just throw some crumbled, uh, blue cheese in there. Um, like in the way in the, when you're mixing the burger itself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's made in the patty. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Then uh, fry that up, throw yourself another slice of blue cheese on there. Oh, you got to throw a little splash of bourbon in the patties when you're mixing those up. That's the secret ingredient. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's what doctors eat. I heard. I, I never, I've never made bear burgers. Um, Oh really? Yeah. I never have like elk. We make elk burgers, moose burgers, deer burgers all the time on the barbecue. Um, but never bear burgers. I never, I, for some reason, it's just never. Bear did. burgers are great. I find they, they stick together a bit more. Like oh, venison that's gets what I was going to ask you if, they, if yeah. but I was thinking maybe they'd fall apart a little bit more. No, no, no. Ven- venison gets a little bit more crumbly, but in my experience, bear burgers, they stick together better. Really? At least the way I make them with the pork belly. I put a generous, actually, I've done them with maple bacon. That's a really good way to do it. Oh, instead yeah. of uh, pork belly, do it with maple bacon instead, grind it up. That's, that's tremendous. So, so what kind of mixture are you doing when you're doing that? like bear mm, too i don't weigh it out but i mean i would probably say about 80 percent bear oh yeah okay. um, yeah yeah maybe yeah, maybe a little bit more um yeah. but yeah yeah these decent chunk of, of a pork belly or bacon in there yeah i hate when guys will take like a they'll take a, some whatever it is like deer mm-hmm. they'll grind they'll have some ground deer and then they'll mix like 80 percent of fucking pork ground ground pork in with it and it's 80 percent pork you're like what the fuck are you doing like why like that seems pointless to me <laughs> it's pointless what, yeah you might what, as well just have a fucking pig burger i've even heard guys cutting it with ground beef like 50 50 venison and seriously beef. Yeah. really yeah like just just to make it less gamey you know and it's like do you even like game meat you know well, like yeah, like all all art like we i don't mix our burger with anything i keep it all 100 whatever it is i keep okay. it the same yeah, um, but like I said, I've never made I've never made bear burgers. So, but like whenever we're doing like elk, deer, anything, we just make straight. They're just straight, straight venison or what it, whatever it is we're eating. But yeah, they're when we love it. Our whole family loves it. Yeah. What else you got on in the cooker there? Well, we're on the topic uh, of cooking bears. We got a lot of good good notes here. Man, uh, bear ribs are good. Yeah. But like, yeah. like, like, I, like I said, you have to typically cook them, you know, quite a bit longer than you, than you would cook uh, pork ribs. And uh, it, it has to be the right bear. You know, it has to be a bigger bear with yeah, some, for sure. some meat on his ribs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've always wanted to make a uh, bear bacon, but I haven't, haven't tried that. Have you guys experimented with that? No, no, not no. at all. Um, I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody that's actually done that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've 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 heard conflicting uh, reports on what part of the bear is used. You know, like some people will use that actual belly flap. Um, I've heard other guys will use the tenderloin. Uh, right. But yeah, I haven't experimented with that. That's something I'm curious to try. Yeah. Yeah. That would uh, that'd be fun to do for sure. That's a nice thing. I mean, there's so many that you know. That's why I love the process of doing it myself because there's just so many things you can do. And um, very rarely do I do I take it to a butcher. I took my elk this year to a butcher just because it was it was so warm out this year that uh um it was just it was gonna spoil i mean it was we had like 35 degree temperatures here and it was yeah it was gross it was gross yeah and uh, i was just so afraid of that meat spoiling and there was a lot of it so i figured man i better get this to uh get this to a butcher for sure but uh in my new shop i'm just building now actually i just i got everything ready i'm just ready to pull it down i'm I'm going to build a big cooler walk-in cooler up there. So uh, it'll be nice. nice. Um, yeah. Cause I find too, in the springtime, like with bears, especially um, like last year uh, we talked about on the show, um, 
you know, I got some maggots in. It just gets so warm quickly right here in the Okanagan that, you know, it, it you keep air on it, you keep everything you can, you do everything you can to keep it cool. But man, when it's 30 degrees out, it's, uh, it's hard to keep it, keep it cool. Did you shoot that bear in the morning? Uh, no, that bear was shot in the evening. Oh, wow. You still yeah. got maggots, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I got wow. it home and hung it up and had some big, I have big, massive fans, like these big yeah. industrial fans. And I'll put, I'll put them around the, 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 whatever's hanging just to, just so it gets a nice thick crust on it. But yeah, I found it. I found an area where you know, I started cutting into it to process it. And I was like, oh, got a little bit of extras in there. So <laughs> I just extra protein. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You don't, uh, I, I never show the, the wife, those ones. I keep those. Like, <laughs> I, I cut it yeah. out. Keep that on the down low. Yeah, don't let her listen to this episode. Oh, I don't think you got to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she. Uh, I don't even. Fuck, man. I don't think my wife's ever listened to any, like, not even one of the podcasts. She can't even make it through like the intro. I try to show her, like, <laughs> we, we every, once in a while we'll do a new intro. I'm like, oh, check out the new intro I got. And she's like, five seconds in. She's like, not even five seconds. Like one second in she's like turning around like yeah whatever <laughs> that's enough i approve yeah, you know, yeah i don't care what you're doing just leave me out of it <laughs> yeah evie's more like are you talking to kevin again and it's kind of like ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 what do you do eh so let's hear about uh, let's talk a bit about archery and then maybe we'll get back back into some bears tell me about yep. uh your bow setup uh shooting the same old hoyt power max i've been shooting since like i the first real bow, I guess I bought, you know, I bought like Craigslist bow when I, when I first got interested in archery, but then I bought a Hoyt power max uh, yeah. like a year later. And I've been shooting that same thing ever since every year. I think, Oh, maybe I'll upgrade my bow this year. And I just, I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's my, Absolutely, my, man. Yeah. my personality type to a T. So I've just been shooting that same old bow, 70 pounds. Um, my arrows are like 475 grains around mm. there. Uh, um, 150 grains up front. Um, yeah, it does the trick, man. Kills yeah. them just as dead as it, it ever has. No doubt. Are you uh, are you a fixed or a mechanical dude? I per- I prefer mechanicals for bears, especially. Um, like I do always keep some fixed heads in my quiver, um, but I I prefer mechanicals. Just I've never had any issues with them, and they do leave a a, a wider cut for sure. And blood tracking can be an issue with bears. I don't see red all that good on the spectrum of my, my color vision. So right. I have enough of an issue, blood tracking and bears soak up blood, you know, like a sponge. Yeah. Um, so I want as much blood on the ground as possible. So I shoot a nice big fixed blade. Oh yeah. What, what or, fixed... a, a, a nice, nice big mechanical. Yeah, I should what, say. What, um, what, uh, right. are you shooting? Uh, Severs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those, do, yeah. they leave some damage. Those things do some damage for sure. Yeah. yeah mechanicals. I've had, I've had fails with mechanicals. What's that? Okay. Two fails. Is that what I, you can't remember? Bear, last year I had two fails with mechanical. Last year, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ooh. I was using Rage in the spring bear hunt. One failed, and then in when I was hunting whitetails this last fall. That's right. It was the I was using the Grim Reapers, and it it didn't open. It was too cold. Mm, frozen shot. Yeah, frozen shot. So, uh, ah. but I mean, it was minus twenty five out. Um, you know, we've talked about in the show, you know, those broadheads 99 times out of a hundred and most people aren't 
sitting there running in minus 25. So, um, you know, nothing against, nothing against, uh, mechanical broadheads, man. I've killed, I've killed a lot of animals with, with mechanicals. I'm going to kill lots with, with fixed blades. I'm going all fixed blades this year. So did um, you end up recovering those animals or no? Uh, no, I never recovered Th- this year. No, I never recovered either. Of them. No. So yeah. Yeah. The bear actually, the bear was actually still alive. Yeah. So, mm. um, but, uh, I seen the bear yeah later on, he's still walking around. The fucking bears are tough, man. Tough bastards. Yeah. Um, and the white tail, the white tail, it, uh, yeah, I, ha- I haven't found it yet, but, uh, um, yeah, unfortunately, but it's funny, like just not a very good blood sign. And then, um, I went back later on and I ended up finding some blood sign, uh, underneath the snow. It, it was kind of a, just a shitty situation where, um, it was right before, it was, you know, not a lot of time left before it was getting dark. And then it snowed really heavy. Like by the time I walked out of there in the dark, it must've snowed an inch. So, um, yeah, unfortunately. And then like with the, with the blades not opening up, you know, you might as well hit it with a field tip. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately it, it's just one of those things, right? Uh, it happens and, you know, cut my tag and learn from it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that that's the trade-off, you know, a lot, a lot of, the, the, the main reason I go with a mechanical is for the extra blood. But I mean, in a situation like that, it goes against you and you're left with pretty much no blood. The animal, I mean, in the, in the bear's case, it survived the white tail, you know, who knows. Right. But I mean, yeah. a lot of the time they die and you just don't find them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, I'm 100% sure that the, that the deer died. Um, like I said, I yeah. a tag and, and that was it unfortunately but I mean it, it's hunting right it's one of those things and like I, we we've talked about in the show too and like I've lost I've lost bears with fixed blade bears with fixed blades um you know never were never able to retrieve them and the same thing goes for a rifle too I mean it's just one of those things that happens right it's just it's just the ugly side of hunting and unfortunately you hunt enough and it happens to everybody I think bears are probably the most commonly lost animal I think oh, a lot of I, people, they, I, I agree they, 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 they do do a little research or whatever, and they think, ah, I must have just missed them, you know? Yeah. But I mean, a lot of the time you track a bear and it's like that first 20 to 50 yards, you don't see a drop of blood a lot of the yeah. time, you know? And then they just open up and they're dumping. But I mean, if, if you were to miss that that first little bit of the trail, you would think you just missed them. Yeah, and, and like you said, I mean, like their hair is so long and it's so thick mm-hmm. and they're fatty to begin with. So they have, you know, they clawed up really good. And they're fast and they're tough. So they take off, they take off, they usually take off downhill when they're hit. So they take off, they take off like, you know, being shot out of a cannon. And then you do, you lose these, you get spots where it's like 50 yards, you'll lose 50 yards. You won't see a drop of blood and you're doing like, man, you're going back and forth. And I've done it for days. And then finally you find some blood and then all of a sudden you can see where he stopped, right? Because he must've stopped and sit there for, you know, a couple of minutes, caught his breath. Cause then you see a good size chunk, you know, good pile of blood. And you're like, okay, well, here we go. Here we go. And then, you know, you're, you're trailing a good blood pile. And all of a sudden it does the same thing. It just starts to get thinner and thinner and thinner. And then, you know, you're back to square one and you got to really stick with it when you're, when you're, when you're hunting those bears, especially with, you know, well, I mean, bullets, no different than actually bullets probably less because I mean, you know, the cut penetration you get, especially with a mechanical, uh, less is blood a lot, a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you got to really make sure you stick with those bears for sure. When you, when you hit them and like, you know, especially like when you're archery hunting, you can tell just by the sound of the arrow, if it was a good hit. Mm-hmm. so like if you're hitting something broadside you can tell it's it's like 
it's like you said it would sound like you hit a tree like if you usually shoot that arrow at a tree that's what basically it sounds like especially with mechanicals like they they make a nice loud whack when you hit them so like knocking knocking a baseball out of the park yeah exactly yeah you can just tell when it was you know if it was a good hit um but yeah yeah, yeah you definitely got to stick with those suckers they're tough man they're tough yeah so uh what about your site what do you what kind of site you run on uh on your bow fast eddie xl three nice nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I used to shoot a five pin and I just got sick of the extra clutter and everything. I, I yeah. think that three pin is, is a nice, uh, nice happy medium for me. You know, I mean, typically my hunting distance, I'm, I'm typically not shooting at stuff past 40 yards. I mean, like maybe, maybe 50, I'll poke at them, but I'm typically not, you know, I like to get up close, especially with bears. I don't see a reason to shoot at them far, you know, like mm-hmm. there, there's usually a way to get closer, you know, I mean, they, they, it's there's no guarantees at all with bear hunting weird things happen the wind switches you know but i mean a lot of the time especially in the spring when they're just feeding you know you can cut the distance you know so i mean yeah uh for the most part i don't have to move my my slider for for hunting purposes is what i'm saying and if i if i want to practice at long range you know i've got the option to, to dial it in so yeah, yeah i really like that past heady xl yeah for sure that's a good site yeah pete, pete and i both run spot hogs um i'm loving it Nice. Yeah, you, you got. Yeah. Did you switch your tape on yours? Yeah, I just switched the tape tonight. I was pretty anal on it, and then I thought I had it dialed in, and it was like a, a one off. But I'm still. The tape is still faster than what I thought. Um, like I thought my bow was a lot slower. I was like, the marks don't lie. Like it is what it is, right? No, the tape doesn't lie. Sure, no, and that's a combination so... of your arrow weight and your the the speed that bow's thrown out. For sure. Yeah. So right now I switched. I was at a 21 and I'm down to a 20 as of tonight, but I'll, I know I'll be closer because I was just like a yard out at 60 consistently. And so as soon as I, I just put my, um, my dial to 61 and I was pounding that line left, right, and center. So, oh, yeah. So you went down one. So I just went down one and then we'll, we'll see the strings breaking into. So, you know, that sort of thing. Like, Everything's slowing down a little bit here, yeah. just a little tiny bit. So is that a new string? Did you, is that a new string on your bow? Yeah, that's a brand new string on my bow. Um, and then I kept last year's that I put on just before hunting season. So it's broken in now, um, but it's like brand new secondhand. So I put it in a Ziploc bag and that's my spare in case something happens to this. It's already broken in, peeps tied in. I can literally throw it on and just do a little sight tape check with it and i'm golden like i don't mm-hmm. have to you're not dealing with what you did last year yeah yeah that was a little nerve-wracking last year right you know just a couple weeks before the season and i nicked my string and <laughs> that's always when it happens oh yeah, man yeah yeah well yeah. we've all been there too and it's like you're out hunting and especially when you're you're hunting in the thick shit and just springs good time for you when you're pissing around with bears and I've done it so many times and you just, you rub up against a tree and it just hits a bit of bark or it catches on a little twig and it's like, fuck, yeah. new string time. And then as soon as you throw a new string on there, sure enough, you're making adjustments. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. That's why, yeah, it's definitely nice to, nice to have a spare for sure. Especially when you go on those, you know, if you're out for five days and we've talked about it before, if you're out for five days on a hunt and, you know, day two of the hunt, all of a sudden you, you your string you know you you catch a twig or for some strange reason i've seen it where guys for messing around with their broadheads and they accidentally yeah. tap their string with it 
and yeah. it's like oh shit i don't like can i pull this back once i don't you know it's it's well especially if it's the at dice. the beginning of a hunt or something like that and it's like literally your whole maybe it's your whole holidays maybe that's your one time you can go out yeah you know mm-hmm. depending on your situation and be like you know i know everybody can't do it right away but if you can make a note of it so maybe your second year or whatever um you can afford to be like okay i need a new bowstring just so that i can yeah. use my old one as my spare and then yeah I I, yeah for sure and if for those people like if you're listening and you're wondering how in the hell you change your how in the hell you change your string if you're on a five-day hunt? It's, it's actually not that hard. You just push on it, and then you just got to take a, uh, a twig and just pinch it in between your cam and your your cam and your limbs, uh, and then it'll loosen your string enough to get it off. But um, it's definitely something that it's definitely it's a lot easier if you've done it once or twice. So yeah. you know, it's you're talking it. like the, the the screwdriver technique, but with a yeah. twig. Yeah, there yeah. You so go. if you're out yeah, in the right. in the bush and it ever, yeah, and you're ever in a situation like that, yeah, I mean, there's sticks around everywhere you, you go when you're hunting, right? So, I actually right. think the APA has a little yeah. APA. I think actually sticks a little. Well, um, Matthews does tool. too. Yeah, oh, do Matthew, I didn't Matthews. Know Matthews has the string, so you just push on there. You just push on oh, your yeah. string, and then it hooks on the two cams, and then it 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 flips around. It does it flip inside or outside? I can't remember. If it flips inside or outside. Anyway, it goes on your two cams and it just it it gives you enough slack so you can change it. It's called the stay a field system. That's and essentially right. it's you know, it, you're doing the same thing with a stick and, a, and you're running your a stick, you're just pushing down on and now you're sticking a, a a twig between in your cam hole. So when it flops back down on your limbs, it's actually holding it. Um so what I mean, like you need it all depends on what kind of limbs you're running and and everything so um like now with all the new bows now it's definitely a lot easier than it was with uh with the bows before yeah but nice to have an option anyway yeah it's good to ha- definitely good to have your, your second yeah. string yeah for sure um so what's your favorite method of uh, what's your most effective method of hunting black bears uh road hunting but not in a truck i mm-hmm. I, I find road hunting in the in the early spring is is mm-hmm. pretty much your best bet for for bears but if you're hunting them in the truck you're just going to see a lot of bears running you know yeah um if, if you're hunting them on foot i i find especially like bow hunting you're going to get a lot more up close and personal experiences with them um so that's that's been my 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 go-to method i'll find a nice grassy road that doesn't have a lot of uh, vehicle activity on it you know usually deactivated spur road or something like that um it, best if if like ideal scenario is a deactivated spur road with like an old burn or old cut block or something in there, you know? Um, cause then you just got, you know, so much habitat for these bears, um, plus, plus a nice route for them to travel. Um, a lot of the time, you know, early spring that, that, uh, the grass is the, the roadsides is pretty much the only place you're going to find it. The, the roadsides and, and burns and cut blocks. Um, so, I mean, I'll just walk up and down those roads, you know, when I find yeah. a, a, a good spot with, with lots of sign, just pound that area, you know, make sure the wood, wind is in my favor. I love calling too. Uh, I'm a right. big fan of, of, of bear calling. I think that's the most underutilized tactic uh, for bear hunting. Um, you know, it doesn't always work. Some bears will just completely ignore it. Other bears will look and, you know, pause for a second. Um, other bears will come charging in, you know, yeah. but I, I find like it's, it's always worth like if, if you're not seeing any bears, but you're seeing sign, I've called and had bears step out, you know, uh, yeah. they were 60 yards away, but they were just tucked into some rush or whatever. And I would have walked right past them. 
you know? So I, I think calling is one of the best, best things you can do, um, depending on the area, you know, you don't want to be doing blind calling in, in high grizzly population areas by yourself, bow hunting or whatever. Right. Um, but, but it is a great technique for bear hunting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. That's, that's Pete's country. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's every, everywhere I go. I got to, that's actually my main concern. It's not the black bears. It's what bear am I calling out of that bush right there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the thing like with blind calling, you don't know. And even with, if you're calling at a bear that you see, you don't know. Sometimes there's a lot of the time and you're in a pocket, you know, with yeah. six bears, you know, yeah. and you don't know you're, you're, you're attracting a bear over here and your attention's on this one, you know? So you definitely do have to, my big thing is I'll never like hammer calls like steady for you know 10 minutes or whatever i'm always calling for 30 seconds and then stopping and listening you know using my ears more than anything um because a lot of the places that i'm hunting you know they're they're thicker areas because that's more conducive to to bow hunting Mm -hmm. um so i'm using my ears a lot more than i'm using my eyes um but i'm giving myself a lot of opportunities in the calling to listen for any sticks popping or anything like that because nine times out of ten i hear them before i see them um and if you're if you're hearing them if they're an earshot, it, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to pretend to be a bear as well, you know, because they already think something's in distress. If you give them some huffs or whatever and pretend to be a bear, they think that's another bear killing something or whatever, you know, eating, eating, whatever they're, they're coming into the call. And uh, so a lot of the time that'll trigger like, okay, let me get territorial and, and steal this from this other bear. And they'll come right in and kind of throw caution to the wind. Um, so that's, that's something I've observed. And, and, you know, I, I like pretending to be another bear. Um, yeah. It, gets, yeah, that's, it, that's it, it, it really riles them up. Yeah. And see, we've never talked about that doing no, like we've, we've good. talked about uh, with, with other guests and we talked about with ourselves doing um, like coyote calls and, and other predators, but never, never pretending you're another bear. Hmm. That's interesting. So you're just giving out just huffs, like just a regular, you know, bear Mostly huff. huffs or, or uh, chomping my teeth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, whatever I can do to even just like, you know, stomping sticks or whatever, you know, just yeah. to make them think, I think, I think there's another bear in there. Let me go chat. Cause I mean, a mature, a mature boar is going to come in and challenge to a fight, you know, mm-hmm. a sour, a younger bear, you know, they're probably just going to take off. So it, it's yeah. also a little bit of a test of their, um, you know, if I can't see the bear, I'm going to test them and see, you know, is this a bear that I want to shoot? If it is, then come on, let, let's play. And if not, then go ahead and take off so I can move on and find another one. Yeah, no doubt. What's your uh, what's your favorite time of the day to hunt bears? Evenings. Evening, yeah. Yeah, and that seems yeah, yeah, to like... be that even out here, all the people that I know that are like they are bear hunters, that's what they say too. So it's funny. Yeah. It's like province wide. That's what I seem to hear. I'll still yeah. hunt mornings, but most of my experiences are in the evenings. I see the most bears in the evenings. I'm expecting to see more bears in the evenings. You know, but but bears do come out in the morning, so you can't discount the mornings. Um, but yeah, evenings are definitely bare o'clock for me for, for the last light. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one, th- that's the nice thing about what I, why I love the spring bear hunt one. I mean, not why, but one of the reasons why I love it is you could hunt like you, you're done work and it's late. Like it's mm-hmm. light, late, you know, you like here, yeah. be, here where I am and where I hunt, man, there's, it's 10 o'clock and it's still mm-hmm. light out. Right. So you yeah. get a, you, fuck, you can go out after dinner realistically and still get four hours of hunting in. So I love that part. I love that aspect of it. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and I found too, like, I, I'm sure you'll see bears out all day, but um, it all depends on what kind of the, what kind of, what time of the year it is. And if, you know, if it's a little closer to the rut, I find 
they're more active. They'll be a little more active during the day. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, I, I lost my, I had a question for you. I should have wrote it down. I forgot about, uh, anyway, um, what, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, your, your, your method of like, you've, you got a bear down, you killed it. What's, uh, what's your method of, of getting the bear out? Um, I've done everything from quartering them up and packing them out like a, like elk or whatever, or, you mm -hmm. know, I've, I've, I've even strapped them in like right onto the, the, the pack frame after I gutted them and carried them out with a smaller bear like that. You know, um, I, ideally, um, I ideally just throw them on a quad or throw them in the truck. Yeah. You know, always work out like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I but mean, you like, I do you like, like to get that hide off right away? Yes. Or, yeah. 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 I mean, like, it's nice to be able to skin them at a, in a nice, yeah, in a nice place, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, a lot of the time they're not dropping there and yeah, it's like you said, like temperature is an issue in the spring, you know? Yeah. Um, it, the nice thing about like early, earlier in the spring, like the days can be pretty warm still, but I mean, yeah. it does cool off pretty yeah. quick. Uh, once the evenings come along and I have like, uh, my, my second bear, I did leave that one overnight with the hide on and everything and it was fine. Um, okay. I had no, no, no issues with that one. Um, I bet obviously ideally, yeah, you want to get the, get the guts out immediately, get the hide yeah. off as quick as possible, get everything cooled off. Um, but I mean, it, that was the, the thing that really surprised me. The first, first bear I killed, you know, cause I was paranoid that meat was going to spoil and I was going to lose all the meat and then, you know, realizing like how resilient meat actually is, you know, and how, how how fragile a lot of people kind of think it is, you know, like, Oh, this, this chicken was on the counter for an hour. You think it's still good. I mean, yeah, it's fine. You know, like mm -hmm. the, the most, the most of beef these people are buying in the store is at least 60 days, you know, since it yeah. died. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, obviously you want to, you I, I take pride in my meat. I want to have it, you know, as, as pristine as possible. So yeah, get the hide off, get it cooled off as quick as possible, get all the, you know, little bits of hair off and yeah, trim all the fat, all the, all the silver skin off. I try to disconnect all the muscles because sometimes there'll be a little bit of fat or whatever hiding in between those. Um, that's a big part of why I started butchering my own meat, you know, because you take it to a butcher, they're just going to cut it up real yeah. quick, package it up and you end up butchering half of it yourself anyway. Yeah. It's a yeah. couple steaks at a time or whatever, or a roast at a time. You've got to trim all the silver skin off and stuff. But I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, you did half the guy's work for him. So you might as well just do it all in the beginning, yeah. right? And do it, yeah. do it right the first yeah. time, get it wrapped up. You know, it's your bear hundred percent. You know, it's not some other guy's bear mixed yeah. in. Yeah. I, I've heard, I've heard horror stories about that. I mean, I, like I said, I don't go to the butcher very often. When I took my elk to the butcher, yeah, the, he didn't have any other, any other elk. So, um, but man, that, yeah, that you definitely don't want that much of mixed. I, I, I got my first bear back with some bird shot in it and I shot it in an area that was, you know, very few humans are there. So I don't know where that bear, maybe it was my bear, but yeah. Oh yeah, it, 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 I I got the vibe of like a campsite bear or something from that yeah, one, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. But yeah, you're right. When you when you do it, when you do your own process at home, you definitely get. I mean, that's why I love doing it because it, it's exactly the way we're gonna eat it. The, I know the exact way we like to eat it and how my family yeah. enjoys it. So I process it that way, and then I find too, you just get like nothing goes to waste. Like nothing. Like even like like nothing goes to waste the gray skin and everything I'll grind up and I'll make dog food out of it. Or, you know what I mean? Like nothing, 
nothing goes to waste. We, we use, I mean, obviously the tallow and stuff when you're doing the deer and stuff, it, that, you know, that's good for nothing, but um, the rest of it is uh, it, it gets used for everything. And I, I don't, I don't get into, we had a, a guest on last year and we talked about uh, making bear grease. And, you know, that's one thing I, I definitely need to work on. need to try a little bit more is, uh, is doing the, the bear grease. You ever get into that? I've never got a fatty bear. All my bears oh, are really? just yeah. lean spring bears, man. I've been dying to get a nice fatty bear that I can render down a bunch of grease from, but no, I, I haven't got a yeah. fatty bear yet. One of these yeah, days yeah. I, I was actually up in the high country this, uh, this fall looking for like, you know, I know a spot where they're usually beginning of September, the huckleberries are all right. There's lots of bears in there and I've always wanted to shoot a huckleberry bear out of there, you know, yeah. render, render his fat down. And for whatever reason, it was a weird season, man. All those huckleberries were still green. It's, uh, it's yeah, it didn't ripen up. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't weird. I mean, it was a weird, it was an odd, odd year down here. It was, it was crazy. It was, it was scorching hot, and then all of a sudden, it just dumped snow. Like, that yeah, was it. it was and like got yeah. cold. Yeah, yeah, it got it got wicked cold after it snowed, and then it just like went like man, like up in the hills. Fuck, man, there's still two feet of snow up there. It's crazy man so yeah interesting so, season yeah i remember sure. it went from that heat and then yeah i went muley hunting remember and then it was like minus 18 i'm just yeah. like it was it was beautiful a week ago like what the hell is this like yeah, what is this, this all is bullshit about? this sucks so when do you typically get into uh like for myself i usually i usually don't get too serious about bear hunting until about mid-may um but that's just you know the nature of of where i'm hunting what about yourself first week of may like, uh, yeah, like first, second week of May is when I start getting out there. And I five, I find that's a good time for where I go because they're still they're Most of them are awake, but they're, they're down low, you know, they're yeah. down low and condensed. Um, uh, it's, I, I was just telling my buddy, it, a lot happens in two to three weeks, you know, they go oh, yeah. from being, uh, you know, all of them down low and, and condensed. To, you know all of a sudden they're dispersing up the spur yeah. roads and stuff and then all of a sudden they're all over the mountain you don't know where you yeah. know they, they could be anywhere um so i like that that you know first couple of weeks of may when they're nice and condensed they're still a little groggy too a little a little little slow i guess yeah. um you know like i find like later in the season like you can your, your odds of seeing a big boar wandering go up significantly in june but like is he still going to be there? You know, like I, I see so many videos where guys are like, Oh, there's a big bear, you know, he's, he's 400 yards. We're going to close this distance. And he's moseying, you know? And it's like, by the time they go and set up to shoot him where he was, it's like, he's gone, dude, you know, or or guys will spot one on another mountain and try and stalk in on him there. And it's like, that guy is cruising, you know, he, he could be anywhere by then, you know, but that's a, that's a time where calling can, be effective you know mm-hmm. because he might have cruised off you know two kilometers by now he might have cruised off three four hundred yards into some some timber or whatever you know and i mean when they're rutting sometimes their mind is on one thing one thing only but if, if they're hungry you know that's that's the thing about calling you know it's all their temperament and, yeah. and how hungry they are and, and how they're feeling that day you know if they're into it they're going to come charging yeah yeah for sure and, and that's that's a good point too like when you're hunting earlier in the early may like you said, it's still high, you know, the higher elevations still have a lot of snow. So it does, you know, they, they do tend to congregate in those areas that have greened up, you know, the South facing slopes a lot more in the areas where it's easier for them to access. Cause you know, they're kind of like humans. They're lazy. They like, you know, they're opportunistic. They, they like to cruise the, the path of least resistance and eat the food that is easiest to get, especially after hibernating 
for you know all that that winter um they they need those calories yeah cool man well uh bump it up bump bump you got anything else for any other questions pete while we're on the topic of bears uh not really kind of answered i i I do like a couple of the yeah there's stomping around and yeah some different stuff there and acting like a bear and never never thought of that that's like Give it that. a try sometime, man. It, 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 will. It, it, it brings out a new personality in them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like I said, we've we've talked often about like other predators doing, you know, mimicking other predators to get their attention just because the way they naturally think that there's a kill mm-hmm. over um, you know, over where you are. But uh no, I've never I've never thought to to huff and puff. Actually, it was actually last year. Uh, now that I say that, I remember last year, and I, I think I was we talked about it on the show, Pete. So it was it was I was hunting out hunting, and I heard this noise, and I never heard this noise before. Um, and it was like it was kind of like a low lying bark, and it was going oh, yeah. off in the distance. And then um, I did then so I set up and I I heard it again, and then I did it. And, you know, then I waited a little bit, then nothing, nothing. And then I heard it again and it was closer. So I did it again. And then I heard of the same call behind me doing it. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't know what was going on. And then, um, yeah, I was sitting there for a little bit and then sure enough, a bear popped out, but, uh, I, I, I still to this day couldn't figure out what, uh, what that call was. And it was close to the rut. So I, from my best guess is that it was some sort of you know, they're calling and they're trying to call sows or maybe it was a challenge, two males challenging each other. So they make um, some interesting noises. They, yeah. I, I've, I've tried playing with them and making the noise they make when they're, when they're fighting each other, they call it pulsing. That's not an easy one to mimic though. And I've, I've never had any luck getting a yeah. bear to, to come out with that one. Yeah. Yeah. For Do sure. You- like, do you have a favorite predator call? Like, and I, I know like, especially with the different seasons, like, do you, do you change it up much? Like, do you do fawn no, in typi- distress or just, yeah, tip- typically it's always a fawn in distress. And I, per- I prefer the wooden ones. Like there's, there's uh, the plastic ones. I find like they'll get condensation in them and then they, 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 they don't like working after a while. Um, so I like the wood ones. They don't jam up like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I have a plastic fawn distress call. Yeah. I used it last year and it, it, it worked pretty good. Um, yeah. I didn't get to use it as much as, as much as I wanted. I passed up on, a, I got a bear earlier and then I passed up on a lot of bears. I was looking for this, for this hog of a bear. Unfortunately, you know, I don't, have, it, I don't have any pictures it, of that bear. It, it's fun to play with them. If you, if you see a bear that you, you know, you don't necessarily want to shoot or whatever, you know, um, it's still fun to play with them and just yeah. see, you know, what, what reactions you can get out of them with, you know, trial and error you know yeah so and, and that's a big thing too. yeah and that's a big thing too with calling because i know we get a lot of, of questions is like well what call do i use how long do i call for when do i call and like man the thing about bear hunting especially like bear hunting in bc is there's a lot of bears so man just go out and play with it like if it doesn't work then just try something else eventually you're going to find something that works and you'd be like holy shit that actually worked and then yeah. but the, the thing is it doesn't always work, right? So it's like um, approaching a woman, you know. You could you could approach ten women with the same approach, and and you know it might work on one, it might work on two, it might work on none, you know, might work yeah. on all ten. But I mean, they're they're <laughs> they're individuals, you know. Yeah. Bears, bears. That's that's why I like bears because they have personality. They're individuals, you know. They 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 have individual diets. Like you know, 
one bear might be eating all huckleberries, another bear might be eating all rotten salmon or whatever. And, and that's going to affect everything's going to affect the flavor of them. You know, the amount of stress in his life, the amount of you see one bear with the huge Popeye forearms, you know, he's been climbing trees his whole life. You know, you can, you see the scars on their faces, you know, like the, the, I had one bear, he had like a big hole in his paw, you know, and I was thinking like, man, that must've sucked walking around for weeks while that thing healed up. You know, they all got a story to them. Bears oh, are man. interesting creatures, man. They are so tough. We seen a bear once and it had three, three legs. Oh man. Tripod. Yeah. And it just cruised around like no big deal. Like, they're so adaptable yeah just tough super tough Something crazy else. yeah well and yeah man like yeah they're they're just amazingly tough critters the other yeah. thing to remember too remember what doug bose was saying just because you don't see them doesn't mean your calling didn't work it just mm-hmm. means maybe they spotted you maybe the wind shifted they smelt you yeah you know it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're a shitty caller or anything like that it's like you were 100%. saying earlier it changes so quick something swings around on you, you know, wind and all of a sudden mm. that perfect setup isn't perfect anymore. And it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, man, there's, especially their sense of smell. It's so good. So um, you've really got to play the wind um, more than anything. I think. It's impressive though, how little of a wind you do need, you know, like yeah, just yeah. a slight breeze in your face and they're not smelling, you, you know, yeah. it's uh as, as as long as that wind is consistent it can be so that's that's one of the most frustrating things about bear hunting when you know you you spend so much time putting a stock together and then at the last minute the wind switches on you but that's that's hunting man that's what makes oh, it rewarding yeah, you, yeah you're not paying attention to the thermals and yeah there's mm-hmm. just bad instances but i mean you don't know until you put yourself in those situations and that's the best way to learn is to actually yeah. go yep. and get beat um once or twice uh, for sure but yeah I'm, i mean we've had remember we were out a couple times man we've had bears bust us like fuck man a long way away like six seven eight hundred yards away all of a sudden we're watching it through the binos and then like you know for some weird reason it just like puts its nose up in the air and it starts smelling in your direction and then looking around and it's gone it's like did that bear wind us like what the fuck else you're looking around thinking oh maybe there's a grizz below it or something and like sit there and wait and there's nothing nothing but you and it's like, well, what else would have been? He's sitting here eating, chewing his cud, and like, what else would have spooked him away? Yeah, they don't tolerate our stink very much, but it's funny how they'll stand there staring at you from 20 yards for five minutes, you know? It, yeah, well, really like, keep... I, I think because they're relying in instances like that. They're, 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 they're waiting to smell you. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're hoping yeah. that wind switches and they can smell you. They don't trust their their eyes as much as their yeah. nose. Well, and their eyes, yeah, their, their eyes, they're, they're, they don't have very good eyesight, but I mean, their nose I've, is... I, I've I've heard conflicting things on that. I've heard their eyesight isn't great. I've heard it's pretty much on par with with ours, but they just trust their nose more. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. We can't. But see I think compared to eyes, like, right? Yeah, I think compared to like you know in the animal world, I don't think our. Oh, I don't. Right. I shouldn't speak of other people. My eyes are. <laughs> my Mine aren't great bit. either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's hard to tell. I mean, it's not like they can actually do. It's not like a dog where they can actually, you know, pin a pin a bear down and do some studies on it. Because then it's funny too, because like they'll say they say that grizzly bears have great eyesight. So why would one species of bear have such great eyesight and not the other one? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is. Okay, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it was thanks great to connect and great to hook up. Pete, uh, you got any other questions? No, just. 
Thank you. Love it when, uh, when we get somebody new on and, uh, yeah, man. especially when we learn something new, like I love it. It's just, it's more tools in the toolbox there for when we head yeah. out. Thanks. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Hopefully I can, uh, bag a bear or two this spring and come back with some more recipes one of these days. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. I'd uh, love to hear about it for sure. So where can everybody, uh, find and follow you? Pretty much everywhere. I'm just backcountry bloodline. No yeah. space, no nothing. Just all one word backcountry bloodline. Yeah, right on. We'll put uh, we'll put all that up in the show. Well, I'm gonna rephrase that. I'll put all that up in the show notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just here to look pretty. <laughs> he's there to look good. That's what yeah. he's there. No, no, we're just busting his balls. But uh, yeah, okay, man. Thanks a lot, eh? It was uh, it was good. Chat. It's always fun to chat about bears and archery. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show again. Yeah, so sure you guys got me excited now. Yeah, man. It's time to good get one. going. Okay, later. Yeah, talk to you okay, later. Bye. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning into the Focus Hunting Podcast, coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. I want to take a quick sec and make a huge shout out and say thanks to the sponsors of this show, uh, starting with BC's premier archery shop, Hardcore Archery, located right here in Kelowna, British Columbia. Um, AKU Boots, they've uh, they've been supporting the show for a while now. Uh, both Pete and I, we've been running these boots for well over a year. You know, hunting in BC, we face probably the harshest backcountry environment in the world. We got deserts, Rocky Mountain, extreme coastlines, you name it. Uh, and these are the only boots that have lasted me more than one hunting season. So, you know, they're definitely worth the investment. You owe it to your feet to uh, use AKU boots. Uh, use promo code FOCUS and get 15% off right. Uh, they're probably going to cringe because I always pronounce the name wrong, but uh, it is what it is. Onyx Maps now available in Canada. Stay tuned, guys. We've partnered up with Onyx, and we're going to be getting you guys some more information on Onyx and their mapping system for Canada. Uh, for those of you in the U.S., you've already got access to it and most likely been using the app. Pete and I got early access to this app, and to be honest, it rocks. Um, but like I said, we're going to get you more information on that, and we're going to be able to get you guys a little bit of discount. Um, so lastly, if you guys could please leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. We really appreciate the support. Love you guys. Until next time. Thanks. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it, a life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby, 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.